What's up, everybody? Let's spin some yarn. Um, first of all, I am TAD uh, to a place doing a thing that I can't talk about. Um, so if you notice a difference in the audio quality, it's because I'm using my travel setup. Uh, it's the same microphone I used for spin the yarns when I did them in the car, but obviously there's no car noise. Um, but I just wanted to put that out there. Uh, I am using my travel setup, so there's that. Uh, I saw something kind of disturbing on social media tonight and it reminded me that I actually got an email asking me to talk about this I think yesterday I've been working a lot of hours so I'm kind of uh it's all a blur right now and I'll explain why and what I'm doing when I can but um I I was really bothered by this article uh, that the Navy Times shared, but getting asked the question and getting asked for my opinion on it, um, I'm completely fine with. And, and here's what I'm talking about, right? So uh, if you don't know, if you haven't been keeping up with it, uh, I'm a CS, right? I'm a CSS, right? Um, but I'm a culinary specialist by trade, and I do it on submarines. I... Uh, there's this article that the military times shared on uh the navy times and military times sites about food quality uh on ships which i had already seen the the subsequent like the previous social media posts by some of the facebook posts or pages whatever um that had shared like the thread of where the sailor uh was on a carrier and he uh shared the images at, i think after he got out of the navy but uh, it's just like pretty egregious, like food safety violation type things that happened on board the ship he was on. Um, presumably all real. I'm not going to question the integrity of it because the pictures are certainly real and it definitely looks like shipboard food. So it at least happened somewhere. And then I guess on the social media thread, uh, a lot of people kind of added to it where they posted pictures of their experiences with uh, food on ships and and. Uh, I was asked my opinion of it, and so I'm going to talk about it. I probably would have talked about it anyway, but specifically being asked, I, I definitely, uh, I've said and, and will continue to say and continue to back up that I'm not going to shy away from topics like this. So, uh, first of all, the Navy Times and the Military Times for sharing the article the way that they did. I cannot believe that the morons that are on the editorial staff at the military times decided to publish it the way that they did where it's like this it's it looks like it's satire um just piling on and just like doing it the way that they did it it's it's a swipe at everybody that does this job for a living and it was just in poor taste and incredibly immature and i just there's so many and like every CS in the Navy is going to see that and our job's hard enough and there's a ton of them. There's a lot more of them out there doing it right. Even if they're doing it like average, <laughs> there's a lot more of them doing it right than doing it wrong. Um, and I know a lot of people probably argue with me about that uh, as far as like food quality. And I'm, and I'm not talking about uh, if you like the food. The mission is to provide wholesome food for the crew so that the, the ship can do the mission. What we want to do is provide you with the best possible food and customer service that we possibly can all the time and do amazing things for you all the time and go above and beyond 
and prepare just like the most incredible food ever. Like we, we all, we all want to do those things. And I'm going to talk about why it's really difficult to do those things here in a minute. But the mission is to provide wholesome food, which means I'm going to provide you with three hots every day and like provide you with the nutrition that you need and do it in a, in a safe environment so that the crew is not getting sick. Right. It doesn't mean I have to provide you with like, <laughs> crazy restaurant quality meals it means you're gonna get some cafeteria food sometimes and that's okay i i don't think it's okay long-term big picture in a perfect world kind of kind of navy but realistically on paper the mission is to provide you with wholesome meals so that uh, you can go do the thing that you need to do to fight the ship so that being said the uh the things in those pictures they happen i'm i'm an inspector i go out on uh submarines and i inspect the food service operation and i can i can tell you that most operations are operating safely and they're providing adequate food uh and and none of the things that i've seen here uh did i see on the majority of those submarines i've had a couple that like my jaw hit the floor. I've only had one that was as show stopping as the pictures uh, that I see here that I couldn't, I couldn't freaking believe it. And, uh, you know, one out of a lot. Uh, So this, the pictures that you're seeing here are not normal. I obviously can't speak for the entire Navy. I haven't seen the entire Navy. I also can't speak for uh, the surface Navy other than like secondhand via experiences I've had talking to surface sailors um, that I know. And then uh, I've since seen a response in, a, in some Facebook groups I'm in because I'm a culinary specialist where uh, sailors on board ships are posting just these like crazy amazing photos of all the good work that they're doing kind of as their own response is just saying look everybody's not like this and i know and i would encourage a lot of the sailors out there that are seeing this kind of stuff happen and that are probably friends with some of these cs's this is this article is a punch in the gut man it's like um and and it's not it's not on it's not like the content is unwarranted and if that happened I'm happy that it it got brought to light, and I think there's some very good things that could come out of this long term. But the Navy Times for doing it the way that they did it. So now I'm going to transition into kind of the the how I feel about it, and and in general, like not the article. I just had to say that off the top, but um, how I feel about Navy food service, right? And I, and I talked about it. If you, if you haven't listened to uh, Death Before Dishonor, it's me and one of my best friends on this earth who is a surface culinary specialist chief. Um, we worked together on my very first shore duty. It's where we met and we've been best friends ever since and kept in touch. And uh, he's doing great things on the USS constitution as the CS chief there. Um, we talked some about that towards the end of the podcast. Uh, we spent a good amount of time talking about some of the ins and outs uh, and almost dorked out a little bit on kind of why Navy food services where it is. And, I, and I'm going to get into some of that to, to in order to respond. But if you haven't listened to that, that's got some good information on it. And I've talked about it a few other times, too, with just when it came up in conversation on some of the episodes. But the the state of of Navy food service uh like we exist in the place that we do right now for a couple of reasons. And and the biggest thing that I always go back to much like I do with leadership development and education is, de- is the development and education of our, of our cooks. Right. I, I ran the CSA school 
for three years. Um, I was the first, I was the NMT chief where I ran the NMTIs. Then I was the LCPO of the schoolhouse only. And then I was a senior enlisted leader for the last year that I was there. I saw every, every nook and cranny of that schoolhouse. And until I was blue in the face, uh, I was shouting at what is effectively the wind uh, at the learning center that is in charge of it and at the other services that we have what's called an ITRO agreement uh, with where we kind of share the load for because in in that building, right, uh, they have the Air Force, the Army, the Marine Corps uh, and the Navy. Uh, There are some Coast Guardsmen, but that's not their that's not their service school. That's just. Uh, there's also an advanced culinary schoolhouse where all the enlisted aides go, and then the enlisted aid course is there as well. They're two separate things. One's just advanced culinary techniques, and the other is like a how to put stars on the admiral's uniform properly school. Um, those two classes are there as well, so there's a Coast Guard instructor generally attached to that course. But mainly, like the actual no-joke initial accession training for Army, Navy, Marine Corps, uh, and Air Force are all in that building. So we share the load somewhat as far as, uh, you know, sanitate food service sanitation is food service sanitation. So we can teach that all together and nutrition is nutrition. So you can teach that all together. There's, there's certain things that are very closely parodied. Uh, we split off in the, in, in the techniques and, um, equipment and stuff like that because like in a, in an army field kitchen you're going to find very different equi- equipment than you'd find on a ship so then we kind of split off and do our own service specific stuff we also all have separate service specific paperwork and all this other crap but um the the that being said right so we we do it in that building and there's a lot of things that um that exist to kind of create that construct but the reality of it is is, is no matter how much i argued against it I got almost zero traction just because of the bureaucratic process that exists in the Department of Defense in order to get any meaningful change in the way that we need to on that kind of a scale. It costs money and it takes a lot of power to do those things. And I have I have neither of those. (laughs) And I uh, I couldn't even get to like within two or three echelons of the right people to have that conversation from my level. Um, but what's happening there is, and my understanding is just being plugged in the community that it hasn't changed a whole heck of a lot. Um, there are 25 training days at culinary specialist, a school and, and submarine and, and surface CSs and every other type of CS, they, they all go to the same initial accession training, the same a school. 25 training days and that's if you're lucky because sometimes you lose one to like a three-day weekend or you lose one to some type of an event or whatever so perfect world i get 25 training days with these cooks and if you're not familiar at all with culinary training it's basically impossible to teach a cook anything meaningful in 25 days like I could teach you how to wash your hands and uh, like teach you like personal hygiene and how to carry a knife without cutting yourself and stuff like that I could teach you some incredibly basic things with enough repetition that you might remember them after the 14 to 21 days of leave that you get before you then end up on a ship or end up at a uh, submarine school or whatever um, the the I, I did a paper on this at the Senior Enlisted Academy uh, about just the state of uh, maybe I'll share it or put it on the website or something uh, about the state of culinary training in the Navy and 
the shortest civilian certificate program, not even a degree, right? And I'll get into that in a second too. The shortest certificate program that exists in the civilian world for basic, super low level, basic entry level culinary training. You're not gonna you're not gonna be a chef at a restaurant with this. You're gonna be an entry level cook at a at a nice ish establishment with a certificate and like be making like barely like barely above minimum wage if you're above it. Is six months long. Six months right most certificate programs are a year and then so you get into associate's degree programs which again you're looking at an entry level type of cook at a civilian establishment at any reputable civilian establishment like you're not going to work at Denny's with an associate's degree in culinary arts from a from a good school but you're also not going to walk into a fancy restaurant in New York City or or Vegas or LA or something like that and and be running it as an executive chef with an associate's degree and no experience. You're going to make like very small amount of money to start off because then you have to build experience over time because this is a craft and repetition matters and learning new techniques matters and working for different people and building your resume matters. So uh, you <laughs> a one-year program is is the norm for like basic entry level certificate program is a year. And I can tell you from experience on submarines, when I receive an entry level cook from CSA school, they're basically useless and I have to teach them what I need them to know and it takes about a year before I have a functional galley watch captain on submarines where I can put them in a galley for a, back then it used to be 12 hours now it's 8 hours a day. Because we do eight-hour watch rotations now in submarines. I don't know what everybody else does. But I can put them in there on watch as a galley watch captain and walk away and know that they're going to cook wholesome, like delicious food for the number of people that are going to eat that meal, which is generally like about 80 to 100, and uh, be able to do that safely and... Uh, keep the galley clean and stoves for sea and all and and do all the things they need to do as a galley watch captain on submarines. It takes about a year and it depends on the person. It could be six months, it could be like sixteen months. It just depends on the human. But on average, for me to get a functioning galley watch captain on submarines it takes about a year. Before I trust them and I can walk away and I'm like, you know, happy and I and I, you know, like I know they're good. Um which checks with a one-year certificate program, right? It checks with what I believe that, you know, I think at minimum CSA school should be 90 days long. In a perfect world, I think it should be six months long because there's a lot that needs to get taught and there's a lot that could get taught and that's the difference, right? Um, the, the job that we do is very, um, it's a type of, it's what attracted to, me to it in the first place and it's why I'm so into leadership development it's why I'm into Olympic weightlifting I like things that are extremely complex and technique based and that I know I'll never be perfect at but I like the idea of trying to do it anyway like trying to solve the puzzle and get as close to perfect as I can like get it figure out as much of it as I possibly can and and work through all the nuance of it as much as I can and, and just try to solve the I just like trying to figure things out um that's what attracted me to cooking and I like making people happy and that's another byproduct of uh, making good food so 
it's it takes a long time to learn and and it's it is very craft based even though you'll get the people that argue it's like an art and all this other crap it's like at its core it's a craft and when you i think when you do anything well enough and in the in the way that you're expressing yourself and you're pouring yourself into it it can become an art sure i'm with you but at its core, learning the techniques, learning the fundamentals, learning the, th- the things that we do on submarines and ships and, and air wings and all the places that there are cooks in the Navy, it's a craft. And it takes repetitions to master a craft. You're not getting repetitions in anything except marching to and from the schoolhouse in 25 days. It's just not going to happen. So CSA school, while I love it, while it was my favorite job in the Navy the curriculum the way that it's structured is a joke it might as well not exist because like i said by the time i get that cook delivered to me in the fleet they've spent almost the equivalent amount of time they spent in training on leave and in transit so they've already data dumped most of the stuff they learned if they were even paying attention like i need time with those sailors to download the type of information i need to and then to get them repetitions so that when you receive them in the fleet that they're actually a functional culinarian and yes that's a real word so that's problem number one and it it is the biggest problem is that the culinary training we get is is a joke it's not it's not even real like it's and and i'm not knocking any of the a school instructors i'm not like they're trying their level best like i they're uh, Every A school instructor I had was emotionally attached to those students, was pouring their heart and soul into these kids and was spending an insane amount of hours for it being shore duty, working with those kids. Same thing applies to the other schools that we have later on in our careers, galley watch cats and everything else. They're being taught by unqualified instructors. Again, I'm just, I'm saying this from a place of love. They're being taught by sailors who never received formal culinary training generally unless they did it on their own and got their own civilian education either before or during their military career and then some civilians that are generally retired military that never got any formal culinary training unless they did it in their own time either before or during their military career um the the schools are being taught by unqualified instructors they're too short uh, they're not frequented enough. It's like it's ba- it's optional. It's not something that's required to be received in route. Uh, there's only one required NEC on most ships, and it's a it's a food service admin thing, which most of our administration's a joke anyway. Um, the problem is training and education. It's it's just not there. No one cares enough about it to put any real money and support behind it. And there's been. Uh, admirals in charge of the supply corps that have been really passionate about it and there was still just no real movement or traction nobody wants to spend any time or money investing in the culinary training that's required to fix this problem because you're not going to even if you made csa school three months long let's say i got 90 training days now i would still contend that it's really difficult to equip that schoolhouse with qualified instructors to fix this problem and again it's just the formal culinary training that never happened for those instructors either like i went through the same pipeline everybody else did the only difference between me and everyone else is i spent about six years of my life working in restaurants getting training that way and experience that way before i joined the military and then when i went to my first shore duty I went to Johnson & Wales University and got a fancy culinary degree. So I'm classically trained. I know how to do a whole bunch of stuff that no one else knows how to do 
unless they've been classically trained. It's not, I don't, I don't know magic. I've just been classically trained and that's the difference. And there are enlisted aides and, and sailors that did it either before the Navy or during their, during their shore duty. And they know what I'm talking about. You're speaking a different language when you get classically trained. I got classically trained and I couldn't believe like that I had been doing it wrong this entire time and that I hadn't known these things this entire time and that the Navy was teaching what they were this entire time. Like this isn't the way you're supposed to do it. And the our bibliography contains two incredible textbooks on culinary arts, one of which is the main textbook for the Culinary Institute of America, which is the best culinary school on the planet Earth. Uh, and it's it's a lot of the things contained in that book run completely contradictory to the Armed Forces Recipe Service. And a lot of the things were taught in A school, like the technique and stuff. It's just not there. Um, but the problem is that our training is inadequate. It just is from from A to Z. The training is completely inadequate. So. If anybody is sitting there questioning why we end up with cooks that struggle to provide quality meals, let alone the garbage that we saw in those pictures, that's just that's a, a whole different thing. And, I, and I'll talk about that, too. Um, that's a whole different thing. That's negligence. That's ineptitude. That's lack of supervision and, and just accountability. And, and we'll go down that road in a, here in a little bit. But. The just the low quality food that sailors complain about, right? Where it's it's wholesome technically and it's edible and it may or may not be hot, which it should be if it's gonna be wholesome, but it's it's safe to eat, but it just doesn't taste good and it, it's affecting the morale of sailors on the ship. And that's a problem too. It's because they have an adequate training and education. And there there's I would love to be to say I have some type of a solution that's that's uh, implementable by the people that are in the fleet right now, but outside of them getting like the chiefs and the first classes going out of their way to get classically trained in their free time, which it, you can't get a fancy culinary degree online or through like NC Pace. You have to be in a culinary lab doing it, and that's very difficult to do. You basically have to do it on shore duty, and it takes a lot of time. You have to be in a lab. Uh, it it's 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 hard to do it's hard to to do it any other way than formally I, I unless you're uh, another thing i did on my first submarine was i brought i bought all these cookbooks and brought them down to the submarine with me and i would experiment on my duty days when i only had like 30 people for dinner they was like my own little test kitchen man and i'd go in there and make this like with like just the ingredients that i had issued to me that day for that menu i would i'd bring some stuff down with me which you're not supposed to do but i did anyway and i'd experiment with these ingredients and try to make cool stuff for the crew uh, and i taught myself a lot of things by doing that a, a lot of methods that were um better and produced way higher quality food and were the right way of doing it because i was getting them from these classical culinary textbooks instead of using the armed forces recipe service which is by and large hot garbage um so training is inadequate. I think I've covered that. Um, the, the solution is very simple. It's either, you know, you go through the fleet and you, you pluck people like me who are classically trained, which there's, there's plenty of them. They're just not all at the, in the training pipeline at the same time. Um, 
so the enlisted aid community's got a ton of really really great uh, chefs. Like you you and for those that don't know what enlisted aides are, they are the there's like a formal designation and a community of uh, culinary specialists that get pulled to do special duty like the White House Camp David, a lot of really high level flag messes like CNO and uh, they they the flag officers at that level, they all have what's called an enlisted aide that does special events and cooks for the, the family and does all those things. But there's a there's a lot of really a lot of really great uh, chefs in that community as well. But you'd have to go troll the fleet and find those people and then detail them to the, to the training pipelines. But what I really see as a more realistic and, and immediate answer is uh, there are culinary schools that would fall all over themselves to train our cooks. And one of the one of the quick answers I have when I talk to people about it and you know, obviously there's a whole bunch of logistics and money that would be involved, but we have learning sites for the C schools that we do have in Norfolk, Virginia and San Diego, California. You find a culinary school in close proximity to those learning sites and they're there, right? And I don't need it to be some top shelf school, but there's an art institute of somewhere or a, a community college or something local that has a culinary program with experienced chefs that are classically trained that could teach our cooks. You send them to that culinary school for 90 days. Then you send them to the existing learning sites in Norfolk and San Diego, and they learn the Navy-specific paperwork side of the house, right? They let, there's, there's a lot of admin and inventory management and accountability stuff that we do that you, it's very Navy specific. You'd have to learn those things from Navy instructors and every everybody that we have that are experts at that are very well equipped to teach those things. Our C-School instructors do a great job of teaching those things. It's very easy to teach somebody how to do that through the experience of those schools and on the job in the Navy, right? So then at the end of that, it'd end up being so 90 days plus a month tops in that in that extra Navy specific schooling and then they're in the fleet. So that's a four-month training pipeline. Doesn't sound unreasonable when you consider how long it takes to train a lot of the technical ratings that exist in the Navy. It's very doable, and you could contract a lot of it out to these culinary schools. And then what you end up with is very, very well-trained, like professionally certified in things like ServeSafe. That's what every culinary school I've ever really looked at their sanitation certificate, and that's the industry standard. You walk into a subway, there's going to be a bunch of surf safe certificates on the wall. You walk into any restaurant that is <laughs> is doing it right, and the majority of their food service workers are going to be surf safe certified or some kind of nationally recognized equivalent. So their sanitation training is is like top notch, and they're they're certified. They went through a course, they took a test, and it was validated by an instructor. So they're they're trained in food service sanitation, and then uh, all the technique and preparation methods and all the things, right? By classically training them at a real culinary school, and then you teach them the Navy specific stuff, and then they end up in the fleet. So not only are you are you classically training them and teaching them all these amazing things, but you're doing it in a way that when they show up to the fleet, they're actually going to be useful, which is music to the ears of the supervisory element on ships because I had so many of those conversations where these people would come from Norfolk because it was local or whatever and they would uh, they'd come down to like pick their sailors up and we would have these conversations about why they're showing up to the ship not ready to be cooks on watch 
That's because I have 25 training days if I'm lucky. Like, no one can deliver you a, a functioning cook on watch or galley watch captain for submarines in 25 training days. It's impossible. It's, I could work 25 hours a day, seven days a week for 25 days, and I still would not deliver you a functioning cook on watch, and I'd probably fall over dead. So uh, the training and education, it's woefully inadequate, needs to get fixed. That's my idea on how to fix it. I think it's very doable, but it just it you, it requires the motivation to do so. That's the good that I could see coming from this article uh, and from the, the social media backlash about the food quality in the military at large, but especially in the Navy, is that the attention drawn by it may get a conversation going at the highest level, which is where it needs to happen. And I don't I don't even think the chief of the supply corps can fix this without a push from the CNO and the second half. I don't think this gets fixed without that level of attention, without, you know, you're looking at like the CNO and the MCPON testifying to Congress level attention so that fundamental institutional change can happen and the money will be there to actually make it happen. Because the other beautiful thing about classically training a bunch of cooks, even if it's just for 90 days, is they now have the skill set to prepare really good food for you guys. And the beauty of that is what you see on a lot of platforms, especially big ones like aircraft carriers, is they have dumbed down the Navy standard core menu to the level of the the people that they have implementing it. So you have a lot of heat and serve food. You have a lot of like no joke pancakes that are pre-made coming in frozen cases, French toast pre-made coming in frozen cases, those watery omelets that you see in the pictures, like frozen omelets coming in cases because the they view the cooks as unskilled laborers effectively. So it's like they don't have the skill to do the things that you want them to do. So they've come up with this solution that they believe to be the most efficient answer, which is a whole bunch of pre-made heat and serve food. And it's low quality. It's not very healthy. Um, it's just the Navy Standard Core menu, the Armed Forces Recipe Service, and the way that they've tried to streamline this thing because so that the catalog, they're trying to create the, a catalog that matches in every fleet concentration area so that we're buying in bulk so that it saves government money, blah, blah, blah. And there's a component of that it, that's like if all the catalogs are the same, then no matter where a unit is, they can replenish and blah, blah, blah. All of all of that thinking, all of that ideology, I guess, that that viewpoint is so flawed because if you teach these guys how to cook at a high level, you could streamline a catalog that had all the same line items in it. And every unit could just order whatever they like. Look, hey, you're limited to these 500 line items. That's it. Everybody gets the same 500 line items. I can make an an infinite number of things out of those 500 line items and you could have a different menu on every single ship in the fleet. And we'd be loading out with the same line items, ordering in basically the same bulk that they're that they're trying to uh, to force with this function, I'd still have the same sustainability and ability to refuel and the same endurance and everything else because the catalogs would be the same everywhere. But these cooks would have the skill to t- 
turn those line items into all of these different products. They would have the skill to prepare those line items into incredibly appealing and satisfying wholesome food instead of doing what we're doing now, which is absurd and it's got to be more expensive because if you got to think it's kind of like building, it's kind of like furniture. I'm not going to say building furniture. It's kind of like furniture, right? You can either go to a furniture store and pay for an overpriced compressed particle board piece of crap and pay retail price for it, which is pre-made frozen omelets, or you can take the time and go through the the growing pains of learning how to build that piece of furniture and then you can just go buy a pile of lumber and you buy that pile of lumber for a lot cheaper and yes you have to put some labor into it which costs money but we're already theoretically doing that anyway because those cooks are still going to be on the ship but they're going to put their time and an effort and skills to work building that meal for you building that menu for you that's what we used to do that's that, like that's what we used to do when I first joined the Navy the leading MS because back then we were mess management specialists wrote the menu and then ordered what he needed and we affected that menu underway on nuclear power and I got to I got a lot of freedom to um, interpret what that menu item was and prepare it in the best way that I could using my skills and we don't do that anymore you're not taught these skills anymore which, I mean, to be fair, I wasn't taught them in MSA school. I was taught them six years working in restaurants and then taught even more advanced and in-depth skills when I spent two years at a, a fancy culinary school. We're just not taking the time to invest on the front end. So you end up with CSs that don't know their craft unless they take the time to teach themselves whether that's through formal classical culinary education or where they're taking the time to dig into books and try stuff out and experiment at home and do all those things to teach themselves how to cook, which is tragic that that's even required. Um, I, the, the way you fix this is by teaching them how to do their job correctly and then letting them do it. Uh, I'll absolutely go to war with anybody <laughs> over this topic because um, I'm really passionate about it. I, I don't, understand how we quite how we arrived here um i don't i don't under, really i i don't understand how anybody ever thought it made sense how anybody ever arrived at this brilliant idea that we need to effectively strip culinary specialists of everything that makes them culinary specialists and you end up with untrained labor that have no idea what they're doing and by no fault of their own and we're just heating and serving garbage food or sitting here scratching our heads wondering why the chicken's raw when we never taught them how to cook chicken properly. And that sounds stupid. <laughs> like, that sounds idiotic. How could we not be teaching them how to cook chicken at CSA school? 25 training days is how. That's how. It's not, it's not that they're not being told that you need to cook chicken to an internal temperature of 165 degrees for 15 seconds, but they're only being told, like, twice. And they might, and I say that might, cook chicken once while they're at the A school because there's just not time so by the time they take 14 to 21 days to leave and arrive at your at your ship and get checked in and do all the things and maybe they have to say maybe they don't 
and then they end up actually preparing food, it's been l- way longer. It's been like two months since they were told, hey, cook the chicken to that temperature. They don't remember that stuff because there was no repetition. They weren't trained properly. They weren't educated properly. And until you take the time to invest and you t- until you invest the money and revamp that ridiculous curriculum that we have and actually put real meaningful institutional change and and the money to affect it behind that curriculum this is what you're going to get and it's unfortunate and there's there's so many and I want to make sure I say this there are so many awesome CSCs out there and CS1s and um just people going way way out of their way to do great things to teach themselves to figure out a way to go to culinary school on shore duty whatever to learn the the, the things they need to make the crew's uh, experience on that ship or submarine or whatever better and go way out of the way to do that there's a lot of people doing it right there's a lot of people like finding a way but they shouldn't have to go through so much pain to find a way there should be a universal standard that these cooks are getting trained in a manner that provides the best possible experience for the crew members on these ships and submarines etc because i what i can tell you for an absolute fact is that i am fully equipped with a working professional kitchen on board of a nuclear submarine like a nuclear attack submarine the small ones I have a fully equipped professional kitchen and I have most of the line items I need of the food items I need to do almost anything. There's some fresh stuff that it's hard for me to get on a submarine. Not so much, not so true on surface ships who can replenish at sea and helicopters and all those things. But on a submarine, I can do most things that I find in a textbook by either substituting ingredients or just finding another way right most things there's some things i'm limited by because like like i can't get heavy cream i can't get like there's there's certain ingredients that i'm just not gonna be able to get through my catalog but there's a lot of really incredible things that i can do and i tell this story all the time about how i made uh truffles uh underway on nuclear power for an inspection team and when i was a cs1 and uh, my skipper could not, like, it melted his brain. The entire inspection team lost their mind. I made, uh, like, cr- uh, they're called profiteroles, like cr- cream puffs and eclairs and uh, truffles. And it's like, you just make ganache and dip them in chocolate and, you know, roll them in, like, uh, you, like, pulverize different types of nuts and roast them, or you could do coconut or you could do whatever. It's just a truffle filled with ganache. It's not that hard to make if you have the training. And I substituted in some ingredients because I didn't have like sweetened condensed milk and some of the other crap you might need. I just substituted ingredients and I made ganache and I piped it in a little like dollops, put it in the reefer, got cold, rolled it into balls, dipped it in other in tempered chocolate um, and then garnished them up, man. And it they could not get past that. I did it on a submarine and it's like I'm not handicapped because I'm on a submarine. I have a fully equipped professional kitchen and I have most of the line items required to do this thing. All you need is the knowledge and the training to do it. Like making pot de jus so that you can pipe eclairs and profiteroles like Google it. It's not that hard. It's a cooked dough. It's got like five ingredients. You put it in a steam jacket and kettle that I have 
in a submarine galley and you cook it. It looks like a paste. You let it cool down some, you put it in a bag and you pipe it to the shapes you want and pop it in the oven. It's not hard. But without that skill set, without that training and knowledge, you don't know. You just don't know what you don't know. And so the things that I did on that side, I made bagels underway once. Some idiot asked me if we got a, a transfer the like last night and got food in on a BSP. I'm like, no, dummy, I made them. <laughs> Turns out if you have the ingredients, you can make food out of it. Bagels are not that difficult to make. It's just a yeast dough. You throw it in the mixer. You mix it into dough. You roll it into a little bagel shape and then you boil it first. And then you go egg wash it, which is just effectively eggs, water, and a little bit of salt. Strain all the membranes and crap out of it. And then you brush it, right? Because it makes it like golden brown and st- toppings will stick and stuff. Sprinkle your toppings on, pop it in the oven until it's done. It's not hard. There's different types of bagels and stuff. But the, the point is we could be doing better and we should be doing better. And it looks to me like the fleet's demanding that we do better. So, uh, as far and the last, it's kind of like the last piece I want to touch on is the egregious stuff you saw in those pictures is because leaders are failing to train, they're failing to monitor, and they're failing to hold people accountable. Have I have I ever had a cook? accidentally pull some chicken out of the oven before it was done and like every piece every chicken breast you get out of a box is going to vary in size and they stick a thermometer in the wrong spot because they're in a hurry on a small piece of chicken so one of the larger ones isn't done yet has that ever happened yeah it 100% has or they were rushing they're making fried chicken we got a tiny deep fat fryer it's a very popular menu item because it's fried chicken and it's delicious and uh, a piece makes it out that's pink. 100% happens. Does it happen like all the time? No. Does it happen where like huge batches of chicken are raw? No. And when it does happen, we immediately fix it. We apologize. We get them a new piece of chicken. All is, all is right with the world, right? That's what it should look like, right? Human, human error will never go away, no matter how I could helicopter mom that galley all day long. And, and I could do it myself and I would eventually screw something up and there'd be a piece of chicken that came out pink or whatever. But the stuff in those pictures were because leaders were failing to do their jobs. Was be, it was because they had created a culture of just negligence and complete complacency and indifference uh, where they just... Those cooks were probably beaten down, had really low morale, knew supervision wasn't going to come around, didn't care. Maybe, like uh, they, There was a culture of indifference and complacency, and it was allowed to happen. There was leadership that was not engaged, was not present, and was not doing the things that they should have been doing to make sure that wholesome food was being provided to that crew because that the stuff in that pictures in the in the pictures that were shared there's no other explanation other than the leadership did not care at all and were completely negligent because like and, and here's the thing and I love I'm not 
I'm not necessarily picking on my surface sailors here, but like on a ship of that size, the cooks that are responsible for supervision, their only job is supervision of that food service space. They don't stand watch. They don't do anything else. So like on a submarine, the supervisory element effectively is me. And I had an LPO. My LPO also stood galley watch captain, and he also did records. He did a lot of things, barely slept, and he was an absolute monster. And I thank God he was my LPO every day. But uh, for me, it's like I'm the only detailed supervisory element. Like on paper, it's that's my job. But what actually happens on a submarine is I spend eight hours of my day in the control room of a submarine standing what's called diving officer of the watch. Uh, or some some people do chief of the watch. It's the same thing in the control room. So for eight hours of my day, I'm in the in the control room, not doing anything related to my job at all, which is really like 10 hours because there's briefs and all this other crap that happens, turnover, on and off watch, blah, blah, blah. So do I go through the chow line before and after? Yeah, because I have to eat just like everyone else. So I, I stop by and check in, right? But I'm, I'm there for 20 minutes and I they know I'm not coming back because I'm on watch, right? Unless I get a head head relief or something. So I'm gone a lot. And then I had all these other responsibilities and collateral duties and blah, 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 right? There are supervisory elements at some level, whether it was a, a second class, a first class, a chief, a senior chief, or a mass chief, or a war, food service warrant officer, or all of the above. At some level that should have caught that and whose only job was to catch those things, and they just apparently didn't. And it sounds like it was a theme on that ship. Um, again, I wasn't there. I don't know. But those pictures are pretty undeniable. So um, when when that happens, and again, I, I will argue that those egregious cases that were demonstrated in those pictures are rare in comparison to the number that are doing it right and the definition of right being wholesome food, not five star, like super high quality food, even though that exists out there, that's not the mission. The mission is wholesome food. I wish the mission was, you know, the most Gucci food we could possibly provide, but that skill set just doesn't normally exist. Um, it does sometimes, and that's great. And for the CS divisions out there, that are doing that and that are getting after it and doing it right, thank you. I'm, I'm happy that you exist so I can point to an example of that. Um, I want to send a little bit of a shout out to the USS Kearney, uh, DDG64, posting some pictures in one of the groups I'm in where this food is just ridiculous. The USS Oakill LSD51 getting after it, posting some crazy pictures of some really nice food. Does that mean it's always perfect? Probably not, but I mean, there clearly is skill and effort being invested. USS John Finn getting after it. Um, there were some basically just responses with f pictures of food, and it's just like, even if it's not like this every day for every meal all the time, I mean, they're clearly doing the right thing uh, and, and putting good food out there for the crew, and that makes me happy to know that you guys exist out there. There are submarines absolutely getting after it as well. Um, look, the, at the end of the day, my response is, you know, Navy times editorial staff is, a, is full of clowns for allowing that article to happen the way that it did, um, is that 
the problem really is the education and training of culinary specialists from day one throughout their entire career. It's, it's inadequate. It needs to get fixed so that they have the skill and knowledge and experience to do what needs to be done so that these things don't happen. And then, uh, supervisors, it's it leadership. It's the answer to everything, man. The only way that cases so egregious happen is because of leadership failures. Those CS chiefs were not doing their job. Period. Fight me. Like if you if you think I'm wrong about that, number one, I'm not. Number two, fight me. Reach out. Hit me up. Don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message us. Don't give up the ship podcast. You can hit us up on Reddit or Instagram, DGuts Podcast, DM me. You can engage on the message board uh, on Reddit and and like get in the comments. Whatever you want to do. But I'm telling you right now, a chief failed if that's the norm on a ship. Again, anomalies happen. Human beings are going to human being. But the pictures that I saw, like that doesn't happen if the chief or supervisory element whose only job it is to like it's part of like their only job is to QA the meal before the meal happens. You're not going to miss moldy pita bread. You're not going to miss like egregiously raw beef on the serving line. You're not going to miss those things if you're even trying a little. So those are egregious cases of leadership failure. And if anybody wants to debate it, you know, you know how to get a hold of me. Um, that's my response to it. Uh, <laughs> if you, again, if you got any questions, hit us up. I'm happy to talk about it. I'm ha- happy to answer any questions or, you know, respond to any comments or you know, like expound on something. If somebody, somebody has those questions, um, except for the Navy times, you guys just go home. Uh, yeah. And that's it. That's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship.